You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to the special edition episode of the Assembly Call as we continue our series of looking at Indiana's NCAA tournament opponents. Uh, we talked with Cody about Wyoming uh, ahead of yesterday's game, and so let's keep it going here now that Indiana won that game and is continuing on to play St. Mary's on Thursday night. Uh, I had the good pleasure of speaking with Steve Croner, who covers St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference for the San Francisco Chronicle, and he gave me a lot of great insight about you know this St. Mary's team. Kind of you know the we start out talking about the journey this program you know has kind of been on you know kind of coming from an underdog to really now a team in a program uh, that believes in itself you know and has a five seed and is not going to be intimidated by uh, you know the the cream and crimson the the Indiana uh, with all of Indiana's history. Uh, on it on Thursday night. And, you know, we talked about this team. What do they do well? Where do they struggle? You know, where have teams given them problems? You know, how were they able to beat a team uh, like Gonzaga earlier this year? Uh, you know, some of the key players like Matthias Toss and Tommy Cousy, uh, and then what some of the big matchups are. So, uh, you know, interesting, insightful conversation. And I really appreciate Steve taking the time uh, to talk with me. This episode, as are all episodes of the Assembly Call and the Back Home Network, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com is the website. If you haven't been there by now, you really should go. And actually, while I am talking about this, I'm going to look at their website, homefieldapparel.com. It's something that I do often. You just go browse. You know, I know you listening, you're probably an Indiana fan, and they have the best vintage IU apparel anywhere, but they have so many other schools too. So whether, you know, you have friends or family members who are fans of other schools, or you just like picking up really cool apparel with cool logos, well, there's something for you at Homefield Apparel. Uh, and I'm looking right now to see if St. Mary's is on there. St. Mary's is not yet part of Homefield Apparel. So if you are a St. Mary's fan and you're listening to this, go to Twitter, tweet at Homefield Apparel, and let them know that you want St. Mary's to be part of the greatness and the wonder that is Homefield Apparel because what they do is they take old logos, old brand marks that are just you know dusty in the archives, they pull them out, they breathe new life into them, and put them on really comfortable um, T-shirts, fleeces, hoodies, Uh, And it's the stuff that you wear with pride and excitement uh, because it's just so great. So go to homefieldapparel.com. And if it's your first time, you can use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your first order. Okay, Uh, without any further ado, here now is my conversation with Steve Croner on St. Mary's. All right. Well, very pleased to be joined on this special edition episode of the Assembly Call by Steve Croner, uh, who covers St. Mary's and the West Coast Conference for the San Francisco Chronicle. Steve, thank you so much for being willing to hop on here with the quick turnaround after uh, last night's victory and the game coming tomorrow. I didn't have to fly from uh, Dayton to Portland. I was already here, so it's not that not that much of a struggle for me. And, and did you hear about the flight issues they had, by the way? Their original flight got delayed until 4 a.m., so they didn't even get in until 8 a.m. today. Wow. Yeah. That's, so. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, teams don't like using excuses, but if, if that's not an excuse, it's at least an explanation. 
Yes, yeah. So we'll we'll see. They've been they've been playing well, but we'll see what kind of legs they have left uh, on Thursday. You know, and I'd love to start. You know, I saw that you wrote a quick recap of last night's game uh, between Indiana and Wyoming. I'd love right. to get just your impressions of this Indiana team. I imagine you haven't watched them as closely as we have, but what are nope. your impressions of the Hoosiers? Well, uh, I, I like Trace Jackson Davis. I'll say that um, he he looks. <laughs> mighty good from what I understand. And you would know this obviously better than I is that uh, Xavier Johnson has kind of been a barometer of, of the Hoosiers when he's played well, they've done pretty well. And when he hasn't, they haven't done quite so well. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely. And you know, that's, I want to talk with you about that matchup between he and Tommy Cousy, because I think it's going to be such a pivotal matchup in this game. Right. Um, I would I would hesitate to say that the matchup will be exact because I've got a feeling I don't necessarily know this directly. I haven't talked to Randy Bennett about it. Randy Bennett being the St. Mary's head coach, mm-hmm. but Logan Johnson is really the St. Mary's best backcourt defensive player. It would not surprise me at all to see Logan Johnson go against Xavier Johnson. Tommy Cousy is an excellent offensive player, and he's not a he's certainly not a bad defensive player but he's not nearly as good defensively as Logan Johnson. So it would not surprise me to see the Johnson and Johnson matchup when Indiana has the ball. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hold that thought. Cause I do, I want to talk about some of the matchups because that one and then the matchup inside, I think are really interesting, you know, from a general big picture view, games like this in the in-state tournament always interest me, right? Because you've got St. Mary's, you know, enrollment of about 4,000, their athletics budget, I think is about 5.7 million. They've got, I think three recruits that were rated with stars, Going up against Indiana, you know, that with much bigger enrollment, bigger budget, all these recruits, and yet because there's a five next to St. Mary's and a 12 next to Indiana, Indiana's kind of the underdog, nominally. But I'm curious from St. Mary's perspective, how will they be approaching this game? Because they've had a great season. They've been around the block a lot now. They don't look at themselves as an underdog anymore, do they? Absolutely not. I'll, I'll give you this um, example. Uh, I, I'm sure you know that at the end of last month, they beat Gonzaga in Moraga. I watched and the, that and game. The place, <laughs> and, and the place went nuts. And I said, look, three years ago, they beat Gonzaga in the WCC tournament final. And I was talking to Tommy Cousy and Matthias Toss, who's their forward center. And I said, look, I'm just going to say it straight off. When you guys won in Vegas three years ago, that was an upset. Should I write that this is an upset? And they and they both were pretty adamant. No, it's not an upset. Hey, look, Gonzaga's a great team, but we're pretty solid too. And you know, look, historically, you know, if you go back decades, Indiana's pedigree is better than Gonzaga's. But over the past two decades, you can't find many teams across the country whose pedigree is better than Gonzaga's. And if St. Mary's thinks it's equal to Gonzaga, St. Mary's thinks it's equal to Indiana. Absolutely. Well, and with good reason. They St. Mary's has been the better program for the past decade, probably. So, well, I mean, that's again, and that, that kind of goes into how you perceive each team. Look, St. Mary's, you can make the case. I mean, it's it's been the number two team in the West Coast Conference for about fifteen years, and and it, it has gotten Gonzaga a couple times, but Gonzaga is still the number one team in the, the West Coast Conference. For years, though, if you said, okay, you're the number two team in the West Coast Conference. You might be considered the eighth or ninth or tenth best program on the West Coast. You'd be behind Pac-12 teams. You'd be behind some Mountain West teams. But really, St. Mary's, over the certainly the past decade, you can make a case not only is it the number two team in the West Coast Conference, it's probably a number five overall team on the West Coast. So 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's made its bones and it, it will not necessarily be uh, intimidated at all by the, the big 10 pedigree. Yeah. So give us the flavor of this team. You know, I think a lot of us have looked at the Ken Palm metrics. We see, you know, the defense is really good. You know, the offense is okay, but not great. Kind of give us the overview, the flavor of what the St. Mary's team is like. For the first two thirds of the season, St. Mary's had a good record, not a great record, a good record, and was good defensively and really was not particularly good offensively. One of the, one of the keys to Randy Bennett's offense over the past decade or so is they'd be able to slow the game down most of the time, but they would have one or two guys who were really good three-point shooters. And St. Mary's really this season does not have that. In some sense, it's almost more impressive what it's done this season because it doesn't have the knockdown three-point shooter, a guy like Alvin Hermanson a few years ago on, on a team that got to uh, the round of 32. Yeah, But it plays good defense. It rarely makes mistakes. And three out of four possessions, four to five possessions, it's going to get the shot clock into a single digit. But then there's that, you know, one out of five or one out of four, will it will run and kind of surprise teams. And one of the things that I've talked to a scout about this that really defines St. Mary's over the past 12 to 15 seasons is when the shot clock does get to a single digit. You've seen a lot of teams at that point, they start to panic a little bit. They'll start, you know, jacking up shots that you wouldn't call advised. You'd probably call them ill-advised. The, almost the flip side of that for St. Mary's, when it gets the possession to single digits on the shot clock, it thinks that it has the defense right where it wants it. A lot of times, Kuzi will use a, a high pick and roll with Toss, and he'll drive the lane, and he'll either get the ball back to Toss, he might kick to a three-point shooter, or he'll take it himself. And, and they kind of bank on the defense panicking a little bit in those last eight, nine, ten seconds of the shot clock to get a much better shot than most teams do when the shot clock uh, is close to zero. Yeah. You mentioned Toss. Uh, what kind of player is he offensively? Like when he's in a pick and roll, is he a guy that's a threat to pop and shoot? Because he's not an overly athletic guy, If I, from my impressions of, of watching him play, but maybe that's incorrect. No, that's, that's accurate. And it, it really said two years ago, he was becoming a very good, he was a sophomore becoming a very good center. And he had a terrible knee injury in a game they played at Chase Center where the Warriors played. They, I think it was against Nevada. They won. But, um, and he came back last season and he really was not the same player. He's better this season. He is kind of the classic post-up player. He's got good moves. He's got a hook shot. Um, he's not much of a pick and pop guy. He's more of a pick and roll. Um, but he, if he gets the ball on the block, he is both, uh, what's the word, patient enough and agile enough to, you know, withstand, say, one defensive player coming to him. And then he'll maneuver and, and get himself in good position and make a bucket. He's not a guy who's going to explode at the bucket, but um, he will he will score uh, pretty consistently. And I believe he's the highest rated recruit in St. Mary's history, isn't he? I think that you've that I'm not going to say that's true or not, or not true. I know he, he was not, I mean, St. Mary's, I believe a lot of your viewers fans know it has had a very good pipeline to, to Australia. Yeah. The two biggest yeah. names from that were Patty Mills and Matthew Delavadova. And St. Mary still has some Australians on its team. I believe Toss is from Estonia. Um, so St. Mary's is not reliant solely on that Australian pipeline. Um, 
possibly, like I said, coming at the early part of the 2019-20 season, he was looking like a very big-time college basketball inside player. He has not reached that level, and I think it comes down to his knee, but he's much better this season than he was last season. What do you foresee in the matchup with Trace Jackson Davis? You know, obviously Indiana wants to get Trace on the move, use his quickness, get him in lobs. How do you foresee, especially on the defensive end, St. Mary's trying to counter that? Well, I think you can look, we mentioned Gonzaga, the two previous games that St. Mary's has played against Gonzaga, which are two of its previous three games. And Gonzaga has one of the best front courts in the country with Drew Timmy and Chad Holmgren. And I, I would think, and for the moment, you know, obviously not every possession, but most possessions, Toss would be on Timmy. And Kyle Bowen, who's kind of, you know, I, I hate to say the unsung hero because that's a such a trite phrase, but Kyle Bowen doesn't score a whole lot, but he is very good defensively. And he really did slow down Chet Holmgren. Holmgren was the WCC freshman of the year. He's defensive player of the year. He might be a top three pick in the draft. And I believe if I have the stats off my uh, grayish head uh, correct, <laughs> um, in those two games, Holmgren scored a combined 14 points and was like six for 16 from the from the field. I would think Kyle Bowen would have the number one assignment on Trace Jackson Davis. And and the Gales don't, they, they almost never play zone. Um, and they don't double a lot, but he, they could drop off some guys to, to give him a hand. But uh, I would guess that Kyle Bowen, who is one of their uh, Australian recruits, would have the, the, the number one assignment on Jackson Davis. You know, the other thing statistically that jumps out to me about St. Mary's is I believe they're number one in the country in defensive assist rate in terms of not letting opposing teams get assists, um, which suggests that opposing teams, when they're scoring, are scoring out of isolations, you know, more going one-on-one. And that's a concern for Indiana because when our offense is humming, you know, Xavier Johnson is getting into the lane. He's really dictating things. He's getting seven, eight, nine, ten 10 assists. What does St. Mary's do to force other teams into isolations? Well, I think part of that, and no disrespect to St. Mary's defense, but part of that is St. Mary's offense. Just there are fewer possessions, period. So uh, offensive numbers against them, just because there aren't as many possessions, are going to be lower. The other thing that um, comes to mind is, again, I mentioned Logan Johnson as a defensive player. Andrew Nemhard is an all-WCC guard. He led the... He led the WCC in assists. In the game St. Mary's won at the end of last month in Moraga, Andrew Nemhard had zero assists. Yeah. Um, which is, it, which is it, when, you know, so you're looking at stats when you're trying to write a story and, you know, sometimes you see things and sometimes you don't. And I'll admit, I didn't see it. Somebody in the postgame news conference mentioned that he didn't have an assist. And it just, I mean, that kind of almost boggles the mind um, with an offense that good. And Nemhard being such a, a good, def, uh, good offensive player, so I think it's a combination of St. Mary's offense just limiting the numbers, period, and its defense is is pretty darn good. And like I said, because they don't help a lot, if guys are going to score, they usually are going to score one on one. Yeah, just it, I mean, you know, and again, I only watched one game, but you watch that game, you see the numbers. They just seem like a rock solid defense where guys are able to pressure the ball, keep guys in front of them. They don't have to help a ton. And just a lot of good individual defenders who are also really connected, you know, which in a lot of ways is what Indiana has done defensively to to be really good defensively this year. So it's going to be it's going to be 
<laughs> I don't think this, there's going to be a point explosion in this game between these two teams, the way they like no, to I play. Yeah, I don't think they, they will be hearkening to the uh, Showtime Lakers or the uh, <laughs> Boston Celtic uh, fast break teams in the 1960s. Uh, yeah. So this, this when, was, when St. Mary's has struggled, and they've been terrific 25-7, and seven, they've won a lot of games. When they have struggled, what have other teams done to give them problems, either from a personnel standpoint or from a strategic standpoint? I think the biggest thing this season would be to try to make St. Mary's beat them from beyond the arc because, you know, for years, St. Mary's again was able to do so. And particularly earlier in this season, the St. Mary's three point shooting has gotten better. It's still not great, but it's clearly better than what it was for say the first two thirds of the season. But if, if you can kind of make Kuzi, you know, when he, when he goes on that pick and roll and he's got three options, take it himself, fine toss, or go to the three-point shooter without giving away any trade secrets, I think most defenses, at least for the first two-thirds of the season, would say, we'll take our chances. We're, gonna, we're not going to let Kuzi or Toss beat us. We'll take our chances with the three-pointers. Um, that's one thing. And the, the other thing that doesn't happen very often, and Gonzaga, as good as it is, certainly didn't do it in the last two games. Occasionally, St. Mary's can get beat just by teams fast breaking. And then obviously that doesn't necessarily fit into Indiana's profile, but when games have gotten up and down and, and St. Mary's can play up and down, but it's not its forte. When games have gotten up and down, they can be a little bit, uh, it, it's not quite to their advantage, put it that way. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Cause I mean, Xavier Johnson loves to push it, you know, and he'll push it every chance he gets. And so I'm sure Indiana will try to push the tempo. Okay. And it's just, you know, if they'll be able to against St. Mary's, cause obviously St. Mary's is going to want to slow it down so much. You know, you mentioned the three point shooting. You're not making Indiana fans feel any better, you know, cause we look at, at St. Mary's, it's like, man, they're top 100 three point shooting. This is a good three point shooting team. And for us, it's been such a struggle all year long to find any consistent shooting from the outside. Well, the, the amazing thing in, in St. Mary's three-point shooting is Tommy Cousy, the point guard, who, I don't know if you know the story, he, he's a 60-year guy. Um, he redshirted his freshman year. He, uh, his dad is good friends with Randy Bennett his, mm. uh, from Arizona, and, and Randy told him not to come to St. Mary's because he wasn't going to be good enough. Mm. He, he wanted, he, he just as a friend said, you know, you're, you'll be happier if you go to a D, D2 school and play. Wow. And he's one of those guys who just kept getting better and better and couple of things broke his way. A, a point guard they had grooming tore his ACL before a season a few years ago. And Jordan Ford, you know, his, was a very good scorer, an excellent college basketball player, but wasn't really a, a typical point guard. So Tommy got Tommy got time and he's just become very good. But to make a long story dull, which I'm good at doing, um, Tommy Cousy last year shot 20, I believe like 27.5% from beyond the arc. This year he's around forty-five percent. Yeah, I mean that that jump is huge, and it really is important for them because the other guys who they expected to be their three-point shooters, Alex Dukas and Kyle Bowen, whom I mentioned, have not been quite what they expected. Although, again, they have been better the last month, month and a half. And how important is Logan Johnson to what they want to do? You know, because there's not a ton of athleticism on the other four guys, but he really seems like a guy that can bring some of that, bring some slashing. And as you said, is also, you know, kind of a better athlete to put on a guy like Xavier Johnson from a defensive perspective. Yeah, he's, he's definitely what you said. I would, I would argue one thing on 
just to say that there's not a whole lot of athleticism. Kyle Bowen is a really good athlete. You don't mm. play against Chet Holmgren and a lot of other guys he's had to he's had to guard without being a really good athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think I disagree there. But for the most part, you're right. And Logan Johnson, um, he is really quick. Um, he's very tough. He's not a great shooter. He's not a great shooter, uh, but he is very clever once he gets in the lane. He can be and he can be both clever and explosive. If, if those two things um, aren't they aren't mutually exclusive, and he can be both. So who who do you think is the X factor? Like who's the guy that if he's going off, if he's making shots, if he's starting to feel it? You know, like for Indiana, we saw Jordan Geronimo last night was awesome, and when he plays like that, Indiana just goes to another level. Is there a guy like that for St. Mary's that? kind of fades in and out from games sometimes, but when he's on, man, he's a huge difference maker. Well, I don't, I, I'm not big on X factor, but I'll say this. I think if Dukas and or Bowen can hit a couple of threes, that makes St. Mary's offense so much more effective. So if, you know, if they come out of the gate in the first five or six minutes and those guys knock down a couple of threes, St. Mary's is in pretty good shape. If they don't, they can be in trouble. I, I will, um, Give you this as well. Um, in that game, I don't know if you, in that game where they beat Gonzaga, um, Kyle Bowen was 0 for 5 from three late in the game. And there were a and, and Gonzaga basically wasn't going to guard him. And there were a couple of times he was wide open and just look, it's like I've missed five putts in a row. I don't want to take this six putt. Um, and he was very reticent to do so. You could see it. And but then Gonzaga, did, I think, to about seven with four minutes to go. And the shot clock was down. He didn't really have much of a choice. And Bowen hit a three. That kind of was the biggest shot in the game. It kind of slowed down Gonzaga's run. And, and then he hit another three that kind of clinched it. Um, so, you know, I, I say that it's important for them to get off early. I think it is, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they can't hit late. So last question for you. And again, really appreciate your time and, and joining us on short notice. You know, what's your general sense for how this game will play out? You know, Ken Palm has it a 63 to 60 St. Mary's victory. Low 60s probably seems like a, where this game will be, although hopefully it's a little bit prettier basketball than we saw against Wyoming uh, last yeah. night for Indiana. But what's your sense for how this game's going to go? I mean, uh, I, I'm not Ken Palm. I don't play him on TV. But, um, yeah, I would think low to mid 60s would be the way it would go. And um, the team that can hit threes – at not at not at even at a high level, but at a you know a thirty-five to forty percent level, I think is probably the team that wins the game. Yeah, and is there a particular matchup that you're looking at that you know you think is probably the most important key? I, I think this the, the two we mentioned earlier. I think Bowen against Jackson Davis, and then you know whether it's again my guess is, and I, I'm not saying this with any inside info. My guess is offensively it would be. Tommy Cousy against Xavier Johnson, and then defensively from the St. Mary's perspective would be Logan Johnson against Xavier Johnson. Those two, to me, would be the those would be the key matchups. Yeah. Well, Steve, really appreciate your time. This has been really helpful. Give us some insight for what to expect on Thursday night. And uh, thanks. I assume you are, will you be traveling to Portland? I am in Portland right now. This is oh, my uh, okay. luxurious uh, Portland hotel. Yes, got up <laughs> here yesterday. Very nice. Very nice. Well, enjoy the games on Thursday. And thanks again for taking the time with us this afternoon. My pleasure. Take care. Great. Thanks, Steve.